Laura. Hello. Can you feel that in the air? Is it the chill? It's the chill of fall. What kicks off fall for me? Labor Day. Labor Day it is. So if you listen to our very first episode, we talk about how we're going to cover all kinds of things in nursing and some things that remotely touch nursing. Well, this is one of those remotely touches nursing episodes. We're going to talk child labor. Yes. Yeah, labor this week. The Labor Day in the spirit of. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, the injuries. Yes. Well, they do have they do have um, a lot of conditions. Mm -hmm. These poor kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So we thought for the spirit of Labor Day, basically in September, we're covering some uh, labor industrial shit. Right. Um, So, yeah, we're getting ready for fall. Mm -hmm. It's a nice cool night. It is cool. I got a brand new kitty today. I know. You saw pictures of him. He'll never replace the love of my life. No. But. He's beautiful. He's cute. Hi, baby boy. Okay. So you're going to kick us off? Yeah. With a little info on. A little info. And then I'm going to cover specific jobs and Mm -hmm. their hazards. Mm -hmm. Because that's always fun. You know how I love just death and dismemberment. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to cover reform. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's do this, Laura. Let's do this. Labor Day. Labor Day. So, child labor was an extremely common practice since pretty much forever. I wish they still had it. I know. Especially with COVID and my kids not going back to school. <laughs> they yeah. need to do something. Get those bastards working. Um, before the industri- industrial boom, children were used to help support their families, even if that just meant, like, working in their own land. But they mm-hmm. kids were always working. Um, but the amount of jobs available for kids skyrocketed with the Industrial Revolution. Cheap labor. Yep. Um, in 1821, 49% of the workforce was under the age of 20. Wow. Yeah. That's half. I know. Um, the average age that children started working in the early 19th century was 10. But I can't an, get my kid to unload the dishwasher. I, I, <laughs> and these kids are working, yeah. um, working in the mill. But in the industrial areas, they could start as young as eight and a half. I don't know why the half. Well, um, it makes it more legal. Makes it more legal. And in coal mines, as young as four. Mm-hmm. Some of the jobs children were employed in were um, in text, textile mills, coal mines, households, and as chimney sweeps. Mm-hmm. We cover that later. Mm-hmm. Um, in cotton mills, children were used as um, scavengers. They are small, so they crawled beneath the machines to clean off any dust and dirt and to remove any of the leftover cotton. Right, where so all the gears are. Yeah. Where all the gears were. So the dust and dirt wasn't causing the gears to stop. So they would have to put their hands in there to get it all out and pick up any of the cotton because, you know, God forbid you waste You don't anything. want to waste a dime. Um, fingers and limbs were cut off frequently um, from doing this. Mm-hmm. And when they were older, they worked as piecers and they worked at spinning machines, repairing breaks in the thread. So they, I'd, I cover that. I okay. actually cover what they do in the middle. Um, hair was ripped out. Um, hands were crushed. Kids were decapitated oh. from being under these Could machines. Could you imagine no. seeing that? Um, and sometimes their entire bodies were crushed when they were under these machines. I don't know why, but when, just the word decapitation sends it's chills down my spine. Yeah. Um, kids were also used in matchstick factories. They had them dip pieces of wood into phosphorus then the sticks would be you know dried out Mm -hmm. and cut into sticks and packaged about 11 percent of people exposed to phosphorus fumes would develop fossy jaw 
which is kind of like the, the radium, radium girls. girls. Um, and it's an infection of the mandible, which is your jaw, that caused the bone to decay, which would cause facial facial disfigurement. So these little kids are exposed to all these fumes and then And they're they exposed to it while they're growing. Right. In With the, the most worst time you could right. be exposed to toxic fumes. Um, children were used in coal mines. The darkness caused um, long-term visual loss. Coal dust led to black lung disease. Um, working in very small tunnels caused them to stoop over, mm-hmm. and, which caused spinal deformities. Orphans were picked up and used as chimney sweeps. Yeah, I cover yeah. all that. Um, when they got too, too big, around eight or nine years old, which is ridiculous, yeah. um, they were put back on the street. They were often um, underfed. So that they remained small longer. Mm-hmm. And um, they their shins would be all scraped up and raw from going down the chimneys. They developed lung disease from all the soot. And they would fall or get stuck and die in the chimneys. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'll... That's just a little... A little, te- a little teaser? Yeah. It's like a trailer? Yeah. For 2020? All right. So in the South... One mill worker in every four was between the ages of 10 to 15. Oh, my God. No one knew how many workers were younger than 10 because they didn't count them. Mm -hmm. North Carolina, I guess, was like the hub of textiles. But we had a lot up Mm -hmm. here. Like, Mm -hmm. if you go up to Lawrence and Lowell, I was just saying how this weekend I went up um, antiquing. I love to do that. And the mills, they've churned a lot of these mills into floors and floors and floors of antiques. Mm -hmm. Because they're just big, long, open spaces. Lawrence is loaded. Peabody mm. had a ton. Like, yeah. So we had a lot up here, too. So I just think it's a little weird. They really focused on the South. Um, and the families would all live and work in and around the mills. Families um, needed to bring their children to work. And mill owners didn't discourage it because then it gave them access to a helper system. Mm-hmm. That enabled the mill to gain extra production and give on-the-job on the training to the kids. Mill owners were praised for allowing mothers to be close to their children. <laughs> mothers would breastfeed at breaks, which weren't often. And right. some of these children actually... I was going to say, what's that, once a day? Maybe. Yeah. Depending on your benevolent boss, because mm-hmm. there were no unions. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these kids would starve to death because the mother mm-hmm. couldn't get there enough to feed them. Or she didn't go home and cook for them. Yeah. So very young children were cooking for other young children or taking care of the babies. Um, so it also says, like, these... When you would begin to work in the mill you labored for the first six weeks with no pay that was your training oh my God. and then you worked six 12 hour 12 to 14 hour days a week you mm-hmm. everybody got sunday off but they worked you like a dog mm-hmm. and even kids some of these mills kids were working the night shift oh my God. little kids so boys around the age of seven were called doffers a doffer would remove the spool filled by the spinning machine and replace it with an empty one so they just run around and keep changing the spools mm-hmm. It required like fast speeds um, and in between changing. If they had downtime, that's when they could play. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, they were so they were very benevolent bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to change these spools, the boys would have to climb on the machinery, so they were barefoot, oh. um, and they were they would have to like lean over. If oh. they were not careful, they would fall into the machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would lead to fingers or arms being stuck in the machinery, and that caused crushing injuries and loss of limbs. So, yes. I'll get into this guy later. I'll talk about later. <laughs> Spinners, spinning machines were spit were set up in long rows. So, if you've ever been in any of these mills, or if you've even seen one there, 
It looks, it looks like they're a mile long. Yeah. They're really, really long. It would be one big, massive room. And there would be a machine from one end of the room that went the entire length of the mill. Mm -hmm. And these kids would be walking up and down the sides of the machines to do this stuff. So each frame would contain multiple... It's hard to explain because you have to see the machine, but mm -hmm. it would contain multiple spindles and each one had its own bobbin to fill. Okay. The number of s the sides that a spinner, spinner got, so the little these little girls were spinners, it indicated the number of bobbins that she managed, which was usually six to eight sides of these massive machines. And she just spent all day checking the bobbins. Uh, and they gave the job to the girls because they thought that girls could pay to closer attention. I was going to say, because boys can't pay attention boys long have enough ADD. to do this. Yeah. They could play, pay closer attention, mm -hmm. and they would have more patience mm -hmm. with the machines. Sure. Um, they'd walk up and down the aisles, brushing lint from the machines, watching spools or bobbins for breaks, and they would get short breaks when the dockers came in. So when the spool was filled, the docker would come in and he'd be um, changing it out. Mm -hmm. They got like two minutes. They were rarely allowed to leave the mill except at noon to eat, yeah. or if they had permission to go home to cook the evening meal. Oh. And there's one picture of a little spinner girl. She... It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. She got those little boots that lace yes, up. Yes, I love it. She got the little dress on, little braids. She has to be nine, and she's like gazing out the window on a sunny day, like the machine, massive machine, but then she's just looking out the window, and you know all she's thinking about is like how much she'd love to be outside no. right now. Never got outside. <sighs> then you had sweepers. Oh. It's kind of self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. These were for the older boys. Um, it was considered official work, and they swept. That's basically <laughs> what they did. So Lewis Hines was a photographer that went undercover mm -hmm. and he would pretend to be anything in these mills and he would take pictures of all these little kids mm -hmm. in the mills. Um, so he went undercover and he would document the conditions these children worked in. His, his photographs helped lead to changes in child labor. Mm -hmm. I have one excerpt. Uh, it was taken from Al Pretty's Through the Mill from Northwood, Massachusetts in 1911. Oh. And it describes conditions in the cotton mills. The mule room atmosphere was kept from 85 to 90 degrees of heat. Oh. The hardwood... I, I don't know what's wrong with me tonight because I haven't really... I no. haven't had nothing to drink. No. Apparently it's the sushi throwing my mouth off. <laughs> the hardwood floor... The hardwood floor burned my bare feet. I had to grasp quick, short gasps to get air into my lungs at all. My face seemed swathed in continual fire. Oil and hot grease dripped down behind the mules, sometimes falling on my scalp or making yellow splotches on my overalls of feet. Under the excessive heat, my body was like a soft sponge in the fingers of a giant. Of a giant, Perspiration oozed from me until it seemed inevitable that I would melt away at last. To open a window was a great crime, as the cotton fiber was so sensitive to wind that it would spoil. When the mill was working, the air in the mule room was filled with a swirling, almost invisible cloud of lint, which settled on the floor, machinery, and employees as snow falls in winter. I breathed it down my nostrils mm. ten and a half hours a day. It worked into my hair and was gulped down my throat. This lint was laden with dust, dust of every conceivable sort, and not friendly to lungs at all. Uh, so these kids would end up with bisonosis, which is brown lung. Ugh. You would get chest tightness, wheezing, coughing, narrowing in the airways, scarring of the lungs, which would eventually lead to death. So these kids were dying young. Yeah. Lewis Hines has a 13-year-old daughter in November of 1914. He had been working since he was nine. I got my hand caught in the cogs of the spinning machine and lost part of my fingers. Stopped the machine, and I tell you, it hurt. <laughs> it pains me a lot now. 
don't think they ought to pay me wages with this bad hand, though. So these kids thought it would be their fault if they got injured. Right. And they thought it was the company's... It was okay if the company didn't pay me or the family didn't pay right. me. Eight, uh, August 21st, 1912, Giles Edmund Newsom. He's 11 years old. A piece of machinery fell onto his foot, mat, uh, mushing his toe. Yeah. This caused him to fall onto a spinning machine and his <gasps> hand went into the unprotected gear and crushing and tearing out two of his fingers. Uh, Hines intervised um, a girl in the white, the Whitnell cotton mill. She's five and a half inch. Nope. She's 51 inches high. She's been working for a year. Sometimes she works at night. She runs four sides of the spinners for 48 cents a day. When asked how old she is, she couldn't remember because she just doesn't, she had no concept of her age because nobody was going to tell her. Right. So that was the mills. If, you had, if you, the mills weren't bad enough, you could go work in the coal mines. So the coal mines, you have the breaker boys. More than 13,000 breaker boys worked in Pennsylvania in 1902. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. A breaker boy's job was to separate valuable coal from worthless rock and aided in the... Um, I never know what I write. <laughs> oh, added in the sizing of coal for sale. So I guess this rock matches this rock. That goes in this bag. Smaller oh, okay. rocks go in this bag. Breaker boys were primarily boys, but sometimes elderly cold miners who could no longer work in the mines because of age, disease, or accident. Hmm. Oh. You know, you're maimed, now you're a breaker boy. The use of breaker boys started in the 1860s. It did not end till the 1920s, which is crazy, because now the Great Depression would come in. Mm-hmm. Breaker boys were usually between the ages of 8 and 12, though some were as young as 6. Ugh. I do have another little excerpt, because uh, let me tell you what they how they work first. So they worked 10 hours a day, six days a week. They sat on wooden benches, perched over chutes and conveyor belts, picking slate and other impurities out of the cold. Coal. They were forced to work without gloves so they could better handle the coal. But the slate, like Brian has a cut on his finger. And I always forget. I'm like, what's that? He's like, oh, I was throwing slate as a kid. Slash his finger right open. So slate's really, really sharp. Mm-hmm. So these kids would have... Um, their hands would come up bleeding and raw from all the slate because they couldn't wear gloves. Others would have fingers amputated by rapidly moving conveyor belts. Some lost. So what they would also do is stand on the conveyor belt and they would push the coal into different chutes oh and things like that. So these little kids. Yeah. Some were crushed to death by the machinery. But if you were crushed to death by machinery, you weren't allowed to collect the body till the end of the shift. Well, I mean, shut. you can't stop down. You can't, you can't stop, stop these stop conveyor right. belts. Right. So they'd be recovered at the end of the day. Some were crushed to death by just the rush of coal. Some of the coal was washed to keep impurities down and to stop dust. But when you wash coal, it creates sulfuric acid, Mm. which would burn the hands of the boys. Mm -hmm. So this is a little excerpt. I love my excerpts this episode. I have a lot of excerpts. Me too. The boys sit on little wind seats across the chutes in the breaker. Their legs in the moving coal, ready to stay the slide when the slate is thick, or to kick the coal along when it is clean and moving slowly. The rollers grind ceaselessly with a roar which shakes the structure. To this is added the crunch of the crushers and the steady shuffle of many streams of coal down the iron chutes. The black dust rises in cold and hangs thickly about the boys. From 7 o'clock in the morning till 4 or 5 in the afternoon, with an hour for lunch, the breaker boys work in the midst of cold dust and coal. Children of the mine they are, born in the shadows of the culm heaps with the roar of the breakers even in their ears, with mines beneath their feet. 
The waters of the creeks they know are black with column dirt and red with sulfur from the mines. The streets they tramp are black with the soft column, and the fields they play in are pockmarked with calf holes, cave holes and bare of all save coarse grass and weeds. The air they breathe has the smell of mine in it. The house where they sleep are red or unpainted in dingy rows along a dingy street. The whole life is lived with the mine. It is any wonder that it is their ambition to go into the breakers as soon as they are big enough to pass for 12 years and strong enough to stand the strain of bended back and benumbed fingers through the long hours of the day. Far better is it to, the, to their mind to go to the shoots and earn money than to go to school. Oh, God. Yeah. So, again, the same photographer, Lewis Hines, he has a, photo- uh, a photograph of Frank, uh, Frank P. They didn't give this kid's last name. He's 14. He had both his legs cut off when he was run over by a coal car. Mm-hmm. Thomas Long, 10 years old, when he fell from the breaker and died. His birth certificate was changed to make him 14. So the, When he died. When he died. Mm-hmm. He was only 10, but the families would aid in changing it because they, they would be out of work. And now they could justify, oh, he was 14. He was legal to work in the mines. Right. Um, the coroner's jury found the coal company not negligent because they had a birth certificate that the father had changed saying he was 14 and of legal age to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Neil Gallagher from Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. He started working at nine. He's about 11 years old and he was tending a door for the coal cars for 83 cents a day. So some of these kids would sit in these little cramped dark black holes and they would open the door for the coal mm-hmm. cars. He had his legs crushed between two coal cars, and they were later amputated. He was in the hospital for nine weeks, and he received nothing from the company. The children also suffered from multiple lung disorders from all the coal dust, i.e. black lung, which Mm -hmm. we all hear about. You know, if you ever watch Coal Miner's Daughter, Loretta Lynn, her dad dies of black lung. Does anybody watch that movie? No. I've watched it like 800 times. I love that movie. Shocked. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Sissy Spacek won an Academy Award for it. It's a great movie. We're going to finish off my section with the chimney sweeps. Okay. These poor little fuckers. These kids really had it bad. You're like, every time you think it was bad, you read the next kid. Yeah. Chimney sweeps. A chimney sweep is a person who clears ash and soot from chimneys. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that. I so, did. I've watched Mary Poppins. <laughs> in, well, the thing is, these chimney sweeps, they're not so I know happy Dick and, Van Dyke no. jumping around the roofs, no. singing about chim chim and chim chim charoo. No. They hated life, yeah. and life hated them. Uh, between the days of September 5th, September 2nd and September 5th of 1666, <clears throat> you had the Great London Fire. It basically gutted medieval London. And after it was gutted, mm-hmm. they had new regulations for chimneys. Mm-hmm. You have to clean them. You had to clean oh. them, and you had to make them smaller. So, And you had mm-hmm. to have more than one. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have one main chimney hitting the whole house. Mm-hmm. So the regulation was that fireplaces had to be built a certain way with narrower chimneys and the chimneys had to be free of obstruction. Common sense. Uh, In comes the new profession of chimney sweeps. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had to say, how the hell am I going to clean my chimney? My first thought would be to get a really long brush and clean the fucking chimney. Yes. Now, their idea is to get little boys. (laughs) So the ideal age for a chimney sweep was about six, but some were as young as four. I can't fathom my four-year-old being instructed to do anything. No. Or even six. Again, I can't get them to empty the dishwasher, feed the animals. Let alone, they could barely draw a picture in preschool at the age of four. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they were actually the kids going up the chimneys were known as chimney boys. The young boys were purchased from poor parents, mm-hmm. orphanages, 
or the dreaded workhouse, as we hear from Charles Dickens. The workhouses sound like I would rather be dead than a fucking workhouse. Um, So they would sell these kids to get money for the Mm -hmm. chimney sweeps. The uh, the parents, the orphanages and workhouses were told that the children would be apprenticed to the chimney sweeps. So they were going to learn a profession. So they were going to make money. And in seven years, they're going to be a a journeyman or a master chimney sweep Mm -hmm. or whatever the hell they were going to do. So the children were required to shimmy up hot flues that were as narrow as nine inches wide. No. Nope. Nope. Pretty fucking narrow. Nope. They would be, they would use their backs, elbows, and knees to get up the flue. Nope. He'd have a brush over his head, so he's brushing as he's going up the flue with this little brush, and it would be cascading over his face down into the bottom of the, the fireplace. Um, once at the top, he would slide down the flue again with the brush and slide all the way down like an umbrella the, helping yep basically uh-huh. he'd line, lend in the pile of soot and uh-huh. then they would collect the soot and sell it yeah I don't know what the hell okay. you'd buy used soot for but I don't know I don't okay. so the, some of the master sweeps would light fires in the fireplace to get the kids to go up the chimney if they didn't <gasps> want to go yeah they were great this is a great job many boys buffed it or they climbed nude because it made it easier this will play Later. Okay. okay. I don't want to know. The boys received no wages for the work, and they <gasps> often slept on the soot bags. They rarely bathed, and they were poorly fed to keep them small. Right. The boys would end up with scraped knees and elbows, so the master sweep would harden their skin by putting them close to the fire, taking a wire brush, and just <gasps> using, like, salt brine uh. and scraping it into their knees and elbows to give them these huge calluses. Oh, my God. It's disgusting. Uh, chimneys varied in size and they have like when you're looking when if you were to google chimney sweeps they're going to show you what these chimneys look like and all the weird angles these kids would be trying to navigate oh to God. the top sometimes no. they'd get to the top and there'd be 8,000 chimneys and they wouldn't remember which one they <gasps> were in so they would get stuck in a different one. Oh my god um, so the, they would vary in size and angles some climbing boys would slip and you had to climb up a certain way so if you slipped you got jammed and once you got jammed, you were kind of fucked. I, so I, they would get... So, yeah. I'm, have, I'm suffocating sitting in an open yeah. room right and, now. And it's pitch black. No, I, in nine inches. I'm suffocating right now. So they would get jammed with their knees in their... <gasps> like stuck on their chest. Oh, God. chins, you know? So you had the option. You could be there for hours. And you would have to wait till either they could push you out from below or get a rope to pull you out from the top. It's almost like being stuck in a crevasse. Yeah, that is like a crevasse. <laughs> If they struggled or they couldn't get them out, they suffocated and died in the chimney. And then you would have to go in and remove the bricks from the chimney to get get the body out. out. Yeah, to get a dead child out of your chimney. Oh, my God. Yeah. So in February of 1875, Mm -hmm. a 12-year-old chimney sweep named George Brewster became stuck in the chimney of Fullborn Hospital. An entire wall was pulled down to rescue him, but he died anyway. His master was charged with manslaughter, and his death is important because it started an aggressive campaign to end human chimney sweeps. Because you don't need people Just to put do... put a th- long-ass brush down. Get a long-ass brush. That's what they do now. Yeah. You know? Some of them actually use uh, H- uh, vacs. What am I thinking of? The big, huge vac machine you get like at Home Depot. Like a white vac. Yeah. That's what they use now, because that's what they used on our chimney. But they didn't have white vacs in 1885. No, they didn't. Anyway. Or electricity, um, for that matter. So, George oh, yeah. Brewster is the last child to die from being in a chimney. Oh, thank God. He's the last child. But 
The United States, we're a little slow to catch up. We kept using them for a while. Meow. Climbing boys worked from pre-dawn to late at night. They had one day off a year, the 1st of May. One day off a year? One day off a year, the 1st of May, May Day. And they would run and they'd celebrate running through the streets and singing like, Hey, it's great. We're tuning sweets. We're off for the day. They suffered general neglect and stunted growth. Yeah. Deformity of the spines, legs, and arms thought to happen because of the bizarre positions they were in for hours while growing. Oh, Knee and ankle joints were most affected. Sores and inflammation of the eyelids. Oh. Only made worse because now they're rubbing at them because it's right. irritated. Um... Chimney sweeps have the first cancer associated with occupational hazard. Oh. There is a squamous cell carcinoma of the scrotal skin, and it is known as chimney sweep carcinoma. Oh, my God. The chimney sweeps would call it soot wart. Soot wart. Usually occurring when the sweep reached teens to early 20s, although boys as young as eight were seen with it. Sir Percival Pot. <laughs> Who would name their kid That's Percival? That's awful. Oh, Sir Percival. I never would have lasted back then. I'd have been laughing at everybody's yeah. goddamn names. Uh, he's an English surgeon, and he's the first to note this cancer related to an occupation. It is thought that the soot would accumulate in the scrotal skin, uh-huh. and they're not bathing, and, and they're it's naked. Got all those wrinkles. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got all that chicken skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would accumulate around the scrotal because of the folds and the sweat, and they didn't bathe, and they were constantly exposed to this carcinogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Treatment consisted of cutting out the exposed skin. With no anesthesia. Ah, uh, what? Well, it's eighteen eighty-five. There's no like, anesthesia's really not around yet. So these kids would have the skit, the soot wart cut out of their scrotum. Of their scrotum. Oh God. Or they could have an arsenic poultice. Because mm. that won't kill you. No. Yeah. Give them a little arsenic. Yep. For these boys, cancer was mostly fatal, and most chimney sweeps did not live the past the age, uh, middle age. They never really. They, like, they would fuck their whole life. Yeah. And when you, again, if you Google chimney sweeps, they have one picture of, like, a master sweep. He's got to be 4'11", 5 feet, and he's all fucked up. His <laughs> arms and legs, his face is all, like, it almost looks like he has a necrotic nose. Yeah. Probably from yeah. all this shit. He's all fucked up. He's all fucked up. So, Ugh. that is my child labor That's that you're going to now take back over, because you're going to tell us how we ended child labor. Yeah. Well, well anyway, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, because... I really think some of these jobs we could bring back. I mean, come on. The mines? I mean, it's a productive job, 48 cents a day. They could get some on candy. that in the little cots. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. It'd be like the yeah, Goonies. Yeah, they think they were on like a little roller coaster. It'd be like the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So in the U.S., child labor first became a federal legislative issue in 1906 when the beverage, it, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's like beverage proposal for regulation (laughs) of the types of work in which children can be engaged in that legislation was not adopted so they're like yeah no we're gonna work these fuckers yeah but it did cause a deeper look into child labor in the u.s um i talked about lewis hine but i won't go anymore he like you said he posed as a photographer for the national child labor committee that's who he worked for um and And if you get the chance look at his pictures yes they are like heart-wrenching some yeah. of these pictures. We'll, we'll put some up. Yeah. yeah. Look at his pictures. Um, and he um, he documented this from 1908 to 1924, the child labor conditions. The NCLC, or the National Child Labor Committee, um, was formed in 1904. Their mission was to promote the rights, awareness, dignity, well-being, and education of children and youth 
as they relate to work and working. Because these kids got no education. They were yeah, obviously treated terribly. And they would end up with wickets and yeah, all kinds of weird shit from not seeing the sun. Right. Um, so Lewis Hines' um, photos led to change. The It's called the Keatings-Owen Child Labor Act in 1916. It established minimum, minimum ages and max shift length for young workers. Eventually that act was found to be unconstitutional somehow. Um... But it led the groundwork for other child labor laws. The Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 remains the primary federal law dealing with the employment of children to this day from 1938. Obviously, there's been changes in yeah, it. Yeah, because now it's like ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, can not, it's more work. strict than when I could work as a kid, but it's, you know, they've obviously made amendments to it, but that is like the bones of the yeah. child labor stuff. Um, so for the most part, children under 14 cannot work in the United States now. Um, children under 18 cannot work full time unless there's like a extenuating circumstance. Special dispensation. Um, children 14 to 16 cannot work more than three hours on school days and they have to be supervised by a knowledgeable person. There's many, many, many other things that have to be done, but they're watched after. They can't yeah, do they hard can't do labor. Anything. Yeah. They can't work like, you know, Jack works at McDonald's. He can't work the... F- the oil, oh, yeah. the, the oil the stations or the, the cold grill. Kind of they can't work the slices. Cameron works at Stop and Shop. He is 16 and a half. He cannot work the microwave and the lunch machine until he's 18. <gasps> oh, God. I hope that's not true because Jack just brought his dinner. So I hope he According to Stop and Shop, he cannot work the, to the... Yep. Wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so so here, it's, it's pretty safe. You know, there's a lot of laws to keep everybody safe. Companies get in huge trouble if they... Are giving a kid full time hours that's under eighteen, and you know they, there's big corporations that get in a lot of trouble for it. Um, but there is still child labor in the world. World Report on child labor in 2013 reported 265 million working children worldwide. Wow, which is 17 percent of the worldwide worldwide child population. Sub-Saharan Africa is the region where child labor is most prevalent. Oh. Mm-hmm. Child labor is higher in countries with lower standards yeah. of living. Yeah. Obviously. Because yeah, you have your kids working because there's not enough money coming right. in. So. Right. Um, countries of extreme risk for child labor identified in Verisk Maplecroft Child Labor Index <laughs> were North Korea, Somalia, South Sudan, Eritrea, Central African Republic, Sudan, Venezuela, Papua New Guinea, Chad, Papua New Guinea, and Mozambique, and then there was sixteen other countries on that list. Wow. Yep. Um, Eighty-two. So if they're not getting trafficked, they're working the shit out of them. Yeah. Eighty-two countries were identified as high risk. Among those are India, China, Ethiopia, Bangladesh, Turkey, and Vietnam. Um, Middle East and North Africa have five percent of the child population as child laborers. Wow. It's not. I mean. We're it's lucky here. Yeah, There's a lot of rules and regulations. We have first world problems. We definitely have first world problems. These kids have no idea no, no. how bad it could be or how, how bad it used to be. Yeah. I get the, I'm working as many hours as you are, which this week he is working as many hours as I am. I'm like, yeah. Okay. It's not the same. But I don't get paid what you get paid. No, because I have a degree in like, I have an education. Right. right. You're That's why you get educated. You're yeah. working 36 hours, you know, so he's working a lot, but they're not killing him. No. No. He's not working in a coal mine. No, he's not. Not going up a chimney. Nope. Get some fresh air. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I got all my information from courses.lumenlearning.com, flashback.com, and on the gamut slash safety.com. I have a lot from Wikipedia and the Coal Region's Breaker Boys at work. Whining history. Ooh. What was your first job? Friendlies. How old? Um, that, I think I was fif- 15. I never knew. Did I know you worked at Friendlies? That was my first, like, job. My mother's first job was at Friendlies. My first job was at Friendlies. Um, I loved it. What'd you pay now? I have It was four something. Yeah. It was four dollars something cents. I, I cashiered at Zares. 14. Nice. Four twenty-five an hour. Nice. I got really mad when the girl after me got hired at 450. Oh! <gasps> That's a fireable offense. Oh. That's awful. Man, I thought I had hit the high time at four twenty five an hour. It was literally like four. And what is minimum wage now? Like twenty bucks an hour? It's ridiculous. Twelve seventy five. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, you know how much more you get paid than I did? Yeah. It's yeah, four something. Huh. I worked Sundays, you know. It means Sundays at Zares. It's like the running of the bulls because yeah. that was the day the sale started. I hated that job. God, I, I love friends. Katie and I worked the window at the Friendlies in Melrose. And so, like, everybody would come up to get their ice cream, like, instead of coming into the restaurant and sit down. Loved it. Loved it. The boys could come to the window and visit you. Like, no, Brigham's was, I liked Brigham's. I liked Brigham's, but I love Friendly's. Mm -hmm. Still love Friendly's. Kind of sad they're all. Yeah, they go into the. Going to the. Yeah, the big Friendly's in the sky. Yep, Friendly's. (sighs) That was a great time. That wraps up our Labor Day episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a little tidbit there. I mean, it's not like, you know, comedy of the year, but we couldn't really pull anything funny out for this. Um, I mean, there's a holiday for it for a reason. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Those poor kids. Um, All right. So. Happy Labor Day. (laughs) Next week, we have more Labor Day stories for you. We're just covering the whole month of September. Um, We have some, like, industrial disasters, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, they should be interesting ones in Boston, ones in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interesting. Mm-hmm. It gets awful sweet. They're very it's sweet. It's going to get very sweet and sticky. <laughs> so uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or mm-hmm. give us an email. We were trying to come up with topics the other night, and man, we could use some help if you guys <laughs> want to come up with some ideas of us to do. I mean, like I said, we've had a couple of ideas mm-hmm. and we've done episodes on them. Feel free to give us yeah. uh Right in. Whatever you got. Mm-hmm. All right. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Happy Actually, you're going to be getting this on the Monday of. So which is probably... September 7th. Right. Which is Mike's birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. I can do it in Spanish, too, if you want. Oh. Feliz cumpleaños. Yes. Say to. No? You want me? Okay. Uh, he's not really happening. Nope. He's not feeling it. Maybe I'll get him the, you know, Golden Girls something. I'm looking at the thing on the wall. Oh, God. Cobra please. and I. Um... So enjoy, you've already enjoyed your Labor Day. Chillax, get yeah. ready. My kids are never going back to school, so they'll still be home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a great time. Great time. I'll go play with my cat. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.